Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. I'm really grateful for you all who are here, and I'm really grateful for those people who are joining us online. And if you're at home, we're really glad you're worshiping with us. Welcome everyone, First United Methodist Church, downtown Bentonville. I'm Ray Wheeler, and it's my blessing to be the associate pastor here. Uh, Michelle is taking some vacation rest. Uh, She went to Florida, but it was pretty cold in Florida. She sent us back a picture. She's on the beach, but she's completely covered in, you know, head to toe and And uh, it looks like she's on a ski slope, actually. So unfortunately, she didn't get any warm in Florida. So this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Amen. So this morning, I want to continue our series I'm calling it Living the Dream. And by that, I mean living the dream God has for us. And last week, we had a beautiful service here in the sanctuary and we talked about our forebearers who had been here. We celebrated the sanctuary. The sanctuary is now 70 years old, and it was a real blessing. I'm still uh, smiling, and I'm still blessed by David and Cassandra singing, Bless This House, and they had their grandfather, Teddy Don Fields, who was here, and he, he sang that for us 68 years ago, he told me. The thing you may not have known, speaking of behind the scenes, the music they were using was the original music that he used, and he still had some notes in it, and the accompanist had some notes in it. So it was very very sweet. It really connected us, I think, with the beginning of our sanctuary. So today in this second installment, I want to try to assess where we currently are as a congregation and how we're living into the dream here. And I think assessing the present is, for me at least, much more difficult to accomplish. It's much easier for me to look, you know, here's the path we've come on, we made these mistakes. That's easy to see. Here, we're, it's pretty easy to sit and project, you know, we really want to do these things and to look in the future, but I think it's hard to say, here's where we are right now. You know, mainly, we're doing it right now, so we're kind of busy doing it, so it's hard to say, where are we? So personally, I feel a real excitement around our congregation. I feel a really good energy. There are many positive things happening in our congregation right now, and I hear a lot of that from you all, so I feel good about that. I offer a very short, it's, it's really three questions, but I put it in two questions. But it's really, what are our strengths right now? What do you see as our strengths? What do you see as our weaknesses right now? And what originally brought you to this church? What made you say, hey, this is where we want to worship? So if you can answer those, if you're in person or if you're online, you can just uh, send an email to the office. My email is on our website. And Just answer those quick questions. What are our strengths? What are weaknesses you see? And what brought you to the church in the first place? And I'm hoping that over the week, I can read those and kind of compile those. And I think that will help us in this series, the last one in the series, where I'm going to sit up here with Pastor Michelle, and we're just going to have a conversation sermon about the future of the church. And I think your input will give us some ideas about what you're seeing and where we might need to go. I'm going to call that sermon the Between Two Ferns sermon. So I'll probably bring one of my plants down here. We'll make a little tableau and we'll have a good conversation. So don't miss that next week. The scripture lesson I chose this morning is from writings of Paul. And I think Paul is giving us an aspirational model of where our congregation should be. 
So let me read these words of Paul and what he believes are the attributes of a healthy, vibrant congregation. It comes from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 through 22. So listen for the word of God contained in these holy scriptures. So now you are no longer strangers and aliens. Rather, you are fellow citizens with God's people, and you belong to God's household. As God's household, you are built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Jesus Christ himself as the cornerstone. The whole building is joined together in him, and it grows up into a temple that is dedicated to the Lord. Christ is building you into a place where God lives through the Spirit. Amen. It's a wonderful scripture. And then the second scripture reading we have this morning is from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 through 16. By speaking the truth with love, let's grow in every way into Christ who is the head. The whole body grows from him as it is joined and held together by all the supporting ligaments. The body makes itself grow in that it builds itself up with love as each one of us does its part. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's join our hearts for a quick word of prayer. Holy God, you caused Holy Scripture to be written for our learning. Grant that we may hear, read, learn, and love them, and that through the comfort of your Holy Spirit we may embrace and ever hold fast to the blessed hope of eternal life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So Paul is writing this letter to several congregations in and around the area of Ephesus. And he is especially writing to Gentiles. The book of Ephesians is really not a letter to one church. That was a a new thing on me that I didn't know. Paul really has written a sermon. And he meant for this sermon to be preached in the presence of several congregations in that geographical area around Ephesus. Some of the early manuscripts of this book do not address this sermon as to the church of Ephesus. As I said, Paul is sending this sermon to mostly Gentile people who were in that area, and that area was famous for a lot of temples to different gods, some cults, and people traveled there to worship in these temples of these different gods. So there was a lot of things to distract these folks from their spiritual life. And I can see a kind of analogy with us here in Bentonville There are many distractions for us, and there are lots of things here in Bentonville that could derail us and cause us to focus, I don't know, on maybe material possessions, not on our spiritual walk, maybe. I saw this uh, bumper sticker as I was coming in the church the other day. It was a, I don't remember the make of the car, but the car sitting out here right by the office door, and the bumper sticker says, keep Bentonville bougie. (laughs) I was like, I don't know if I really want to go there. So I kind of see that analogy with us. Um, Also, this Gentile congregations, they were having issues with people who didn't feel that they were worshiping in the correct way. And one of the banes of Paul's existence all through the New Testament in his writings is a small group of Jewish Christians who were going to the Gentiles and going, you've got to follow the Jewish law. You've got to be circumcised. You can't follow Jesus unless you follow him as we followed him. Uh, This wasn't a big group, but it was uh, enough that it it drove Paul to distraction. And it's not exactly the same thing, but if we think about our recent split in the church, we can kind of maybe have some sympathy for these people who are being told, hey, you're not doing that right. So Paul, in his sermon, is connecting these Christians to the heritage of the children of Abraham. And one of Paul's great themes in all of his writing is that we are one in Christ Jesus. 
My favorite communion hymn that we're going to sing today, my favorite verse is, Gentile or Jew, servant or free, woman or man, no more. You're all one in Christ. That's a big message that Paul keeps emphasizing. You are not strangers or foreigners, Paul says, but you belong to the household of God. We are, Paul says, children and heirs of the kingdom of God. And while I know Paul is addressing this to like the church universal, really, I believe his description is a really good benchmark for our local church. I love the passage of scripture that I read this morning that says, the whole building is joined together in him and it grows up into a temple that is dedicated to the Lord. And we need to know today, Christ is building you into a place where God lives through the spirit. Hallelujah. Of course, Paul is not speaking of a temple made with human hands. He's speaking of us. He's speaking of the universal collection of believers. On our local level, that means us right now. That's us. We are the temple of God. Christ is building us into this place. So how are we doing in this building? How are we doing in the present? And I think, as I said, we're on a pretty good path here. As I said earlier, there's a wonderful positive energy surrounding our congregation. I hope you feel that and I hear that from some of you. So the survey that you have here, I put that together early last week and I texted it out to 10 people from our congregation to kind of serve as a focus group. So they could kind of give me some information for this sermon. So I want to give you just a synopsis of the answers. I I will tell you, in the interest of full disclosure, that obviously this was not a random group. It was, you know, people that I know well. And also, I tried to get friends of mine that were a little younger, uh, maybe a little older, who were married, who had been here a long time, maybe, and who had not been here a long time, some single people. You get the idea. People with children, people without children. So just tried to have a little small focus group through text. So I wanted to share just some of the responses I got. Some of them were really wonderful and thoughtful. So for the strengths, I got a lot more strengths than weaknesses. That's probably to be expected, but this is some things I heard. People in this congregation feel valued and heard. That's a wonderful thing. We do a good job of welcoming people here. We have service to the community, and that's a good thing. Uh, The music was talked about, and uh, I think we do have really wonderful music in both the gathering and here in the traditional. The church is welcoming, and the programs are strong. And people specifically mentioned children's programs and the youth programs. So that's a a wonderful thing to hear. This, uh, I thought, was really good. Someone said the strength and authenticity of our liturgy and worship and the quality of the sermons. Now, I'll just tell you, she's not here today, but I'm just going to brag on her. I think that really that all that credit goes to Pastor Michelle. As you know, I've spent a lot of years as a choir director listening to sermons, and she is really one of the most remarkable and creative pastors every Sunday with wonderful sermons, wonderful teaching. I feel like we're getting very good teaching. So that, I think, is a good positive for us. Uh, Someone mentioned the open table that we celebrate weekly, and I think that's also a very positive thing for us. So if I summarize this, we're pretty good at welcoming people, we're pretty good at valuing people, and we have some strong programs and good leadership, so that's really good. Our points of improvement, and I thought all these were also very thoughtful, we need to do further community outreach to let more people know we are a welcoming and inclusive church. We need to work on building a congregation that is more representative of our community. And someone said, we're all are welcome, but we all kind of look the same. Well, that's a challenging thing, but we really need to sort of think about that and intentionally work on that. The, the third question, or it's actually the second question where I say, what brought you to the church? 
Uh, there were some really beautiful answers there too. One was, it's a safe place to bring my whole authentic self. And that, I just really wanted to share that with you. That's really touching to me. Uh, someone said, I was raised in another denomination and I was blown away about how honest and accepting everyone was. And then someone else said, you don't have to hide who you are and what your struggles are here. And that kind of goes to that authenticity. I think that's really good. Some people, of course, mentioned if they had teens, they mentioned youth program or children mentioned the children's program. So all those are really good reasons to come to a place of worship. So what does this mean for us as a congregation? Again, I attribute a lot of this positiveness to Pastor Michelle's leadership. And I really give thanks to God for her work. I, I really believe this. I'm going to be real bold here. She's not here, so I can be real bold about her. But I believe God has been preparing her to lead us at this time in her life. And we as a congregation have been ready for her leadership. And so it's that sort of wonderful thing when the Spirit brings the two things together. And I think that's really a big part of why we're having a wonderful feeling and a more positiveness. And there's a, there's a sense of growth. There's a sense of hope here. There's an old Lutheran saying that I love, and it's in the German, but when you translate it, it sounds a little funny in English, but the, if you translate it directly into English, it's God's time is the all best time. And I think we're kind of in that place. God's time right now, in a sense that we are sort of set up to grow into something that I think is really wonderful and spectacular. One of the great things about Pastor Michelle's leadership, I can say, is that we are no longer in debt. We can, we can applaud that. Oh. We can applaud ourselves too. So that's absolutely wonderful. I've been here now almost eight years and I think we're in our strongest financial position right now and that's really good. Another positive thing that I'm personally feeling because now as an associate pastor, I'm meeting people down in Heinz Hall and I meet people here and there are lots of visitors. We have a lot of people come to the church and, and visit the church. So for you all who are here now, we need to be ready to be welcoming in a real intentional way and to let people know, hey, you're going to be welcomed and cared for in this place right here. So points of improvement based on my observation and from the feedback of my focus group and hopefully from some of your feedback, but one of the things I see is that we do need to spread our community, I mean, we spread our message into our local community a little better. I don't know exactly how to do that, but that's something I think we really need to focus on. Now, Methodists, uh, I, I was listening to a speaker one time, he said, here's how a Methodist witnesses to you. Hey, are you hungry? <laughs> Can I make you a sandwich? That's Methodist witnessing. We sort of, I don't know, Methodists sort of feel like God's love should appear as a plate of food. And, and that's, that's a sort of an analogy. Some way, I think we want to we reach out to the community and say, we love you and do it in some way that's, that they can see or touch or, you know, or eat or taste. You know? And so that's, that's something we should think about, I think. Another part of this is having us think more globally in missions. And that's one of the things I want to bring up with Pastor Michelle and sort of see her vision. How do we reach out? beyond just this area and across the world. So I want to encourage us all to think about those kinds of things. And I also want us to encourage to be thinking about how can we as individuals be more Christ-like every day. And our second scripture lesson says, by speaking the truth with love, we grow in every way into Christ who is the head. And I believe what it's suggesting for each of us is this new year is not to neglect our own personal spiritual walk. And one of the things I found in my own spiritual walk 
uh, is that I can be enriched by just a few minutes of reading my Bible every day or engaging in a really short devotional with a short prayer every day. Maybe, you know, just a really like 15 minutes of really intentional time of saying, I'm dedicating this to my spiritual walk. So many of you maybe already do that, but I would encourage us all to think about that. I spent a lot of time wrestling with, how can I be more spiritual? How can I give an hour and a half to reading and praying? And But I don't think it's necessarily that. I mean, we think about God, we're mindful of God all day, but if we spend just maybe 15 or 20 minutes in the morning or in the afternoon or evening or whenever it's good for you, really focusing on reading, a little personal devotional, I think that would help us a lot spiritually. I read a kinesiologist or an exercise specialist study, and they believe even really small uh, periods of physical activity can make a big difference in our physical health. And I believe that's true of our spiritual walk, too. So I encourage you to think about what's the thing I can do that will just be dedicated for this 15 or 20 minutes and really focus intentionally on what God's calling me to do. In that way, we sort of grow spiritually and we build one another up in love and we become part of this house that God is building for His Spirit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.